0: Full service radio. Full service radio.
1: Full service. Full service. Full service. Full service radio. Hey friends, welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington D.C. I'm Eddie Kim, proud D.C.ist writer, and staunch defender of the Negroni. That will be more a little bit later.
0: Uh, and I'm Matthew Ramsey, Wily Coyote, hamburger haberdasher, and uh, culinary curioso. I'm pretty sure I just made that word you up. You love that alliteration. God. Uh, every week, we share a shift, drink, and swap <laughs> war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, and brewers, and basically anybody who touches this all-encompassing industry. Uh, today, we are joined by a very special guest who doesn't need much of an intro, uh, who's recently awarded the uh, uh, Best Food Critic in the Country, uh, Mr. Nicholas Taylor. Yeah, Nicholas Taylor, big, big big name in the D.C. industry,
1: right? Yeah, I guess he, he goes by several names. Nicholas Taylor. Uh, uh, Is it Tom Seitzma, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom. Tom, uh, We welcome. are joined by Tom Sietzma, Chief uh, Food Critic for The Washington Post. Welcome.
2: I am so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, I'm just going to say I'm really digging... The shades he's wearing
2: right now yeah <laughs> and you got you just got a new haircut yeah yeah <laughs> we, have to have a, we are in a glass box right now and there are three restaurants uh surrounding wow. us so i thought i would come as not myself this we, afternoon <laughs> we thought about papering over the, the windows I
0: actually
1: it's,
2: it's very nicholas taylor very you? thoughtful very thoughtful um do you have a whole swath of wigs at home I have a number of disguises that I've used before. Um, I, I don't use them on a super regular basis, but I, I get around that by going three or four times to a restaurant yeah and invariably during one of those visits or two of those visits, people won't recognize you and you know you get the okay waiter, you get the bad table you know right, and right, I, right. I figure it, it all kind of evens out in the end. Yeah. because to do this on a regular basis, especially for a man, takes a lot of work. I imagine. And I would rather spend that time at a table writing, researching, you know, out yeah. and about than, than staying in front of a mirror seeing if uh, if the beard is on straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually interesting. You said as a
1: man it's more difficult than, let's say, a woman... Let's say I'm like, like compare yourself to let's say Ruth Reichel and and, and how she she was she was a viewer. How was it different? Sure. For you? Well,
2: first of all, she didn't have to contend with the internet mm-hmm. and social media. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That that has totally changed right. the whole game, right? But I think women are used to putting on makeup, they're used to wearing their hair a, a different way, you know. Um they have probably a wider variety of clothes that they can wear that don't make them stand out. or sure. Make them stand out, whatever they want to do. Um, and with men, I mean, there are, there are fewer, far fewer options. And the last thing I want to do is go in what I think is a clever disguise right. and have everyone sort of like, ha, 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 right. we know who you are. <laughs> you know? And you just, look like a, you just look like a dork over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just
0: spent an hour on this mustache. <laughs>
2: right, right, right. Uh, yeah, Or maybe I have a mustache. I don't know. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah, I feel like our our uh, options are limited. Um, well, before we dig too far into it, let's do some uh, weekend recap. Eddie Kim?
1: Uh, we did take last week off, so we have about two weeks' worth of news. So I think <laughs> the big news, at least for locally, is repeal uh, initiative 77 was officially repealed. Uh, we have about two more weeks before the D.C. Council does a... a, a votes on it again it makes it absolutely final. Finalizes it. Um, that's big news but I think there were a couple of stipulations that left open to a lot more conversation around the DC industry that, that need, needed to happen before the vote happened.
0: Yeah. And now I'm glad it. hopefully it happens now. Uh, DC is hiring a uh, director or office of nightlife and culture. Um, so all of those of you the listening director. who think you might... I prefer the title Czar. Yeah. I think that <laughs> N- are? I mean, night are, nightlifes are, nightlifes are not a mayor. We don't. We have. No I feel players. like that also comes with the costume.
2: So what are the hours on a job like that? You know, like eight o'clock to three o'clock, or I th- yeah, you know. I feel like I, I feel like on paper
0: it, w- it would read
2: like that, but in reality you'd be going to like a lot of day meetings. Oh sure. Well,
0: and if
1: you read the description, it says you have to know how to run an administrative office. And it's like that's a day job, but you're gonna want to be out until five o'clock in the morning, and, and, and being the nightlife oh,
0: for sure are that you are. Uh, and very very <laughs> apropos, uh, what it's like to be a restaurant owner. Uh, was, this is a uh, Bon Appetit mm-hmm. uh, article. For um, those who
1: need to read it, Genevieve Villamora of Bad Saints, uh, one of the owners of Bad Saints, she wrote a great article about what it's like to be a restaurant owner in D.C., mm-hmm. and particularly in the age of Me Too, uh, the
0: pre uh, Kavanaugh confirmation hearings yeah. and the Me Too movement. Um, and also, the, I guess the 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 one I was thinking about also was the uh, the the critic that turned into a restaurateur.
1: Yes, that's another great Bon Appetit. Yeah, um, uh, Bon Appetit's been doing a lot of articles. That another one came out today, I think, was someone who who a chef who has terminal cancer.
0: Oh, I have not read that yet. Uh, yeah, um, but definitely take a look. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are already drinking. Uh,
2: Tom. Yeah. Tom. What are we what are we uh, what are we dabbling in here? I requested an Negroni and hold the bad juju. a little, t- but <laughs> a little twist. I, I you know we were asked to uh, uh, suggest a drink uh, uh, that that we liked, right? Yeah. And I decided I wanted to pick a drink that I didn't particularly care for um, because I wanted you to prove to me that this mm. is a totally acceptable right. drink. I mean, I read the email, and then I flipped my table over. (laughs) Did you?
0: Well, I I think, yeah, (laughs) I I think DC knows, at this point, kind of what your your beverage preferences are, uh, to some extent. Um,
1: As a bartender who... I've been, for the past eight years, I got to know what your cocktail preferences are, just through word of mouth and what other people have told me. Uh, I'm a little surprised that you don't like the Negroni, but then... Well, I want to hear from your
2: words, why? Well, you know, it's sort of like, intellectually, I know that as a professional, as someone who is steeped in all this stuff, food and restaurants and everything, I know I'm supposed to like bitter chocolate, but I'm a child of the Midwest. I right. grew up <laughs> in a small farm community community in Minnesota, and my first... Exposure to chocolate was like Hershey's milk chocolate, right? Yeah. And I think it's like pizza or chili or any of those sort of iconic foods. You gravitate to those things that are familiar and... Um, Sentimentality. Yeah, and- yeah. There's, there's, you know, it's not just about taste all the time. It's about the mood or the feel or, or whatever. And um, I know intellectually that I'm supposed to respect the Negroni. It's a drink... Uh, that I see a lot of my peers, you know, when they go out, they order a Negroni, and I might get something that's not a Negroni, and I think, um, I like bitter as a sensation, I like it, and I like gin, and I like Campari, and I like um, vermouth, Yeah. but for some reason, the combination, I don't know where it comes from, but I just have not enjoyed the combination in the past. But I will say, the drink has just served me now. Oh, wow. <laughs> is because, uh, wow. Yeah, this is this is a game changer. This uh, is
1: Tom, I'm not softening up my questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't like it then. <laughs>
0: I hate it. I still hate Negronis. This is uh, a, no, this a, is really a delicious. A live Tom Seetzema review of Eddie Kim's oh, Negroni God. making. I'm blushing. Uh, uh, Eddie, what was in this Negroni? This
1: is a classic one. Equal parts, one-to-one-to-one, to one to one, right. uh, uh, Gordon's London Dry Gin, Campari, and Coky di Turino Vermouth. Okay. So classic. Great. Um, I have another bottle in front of me, and we will break that open after we finish this one. Actually, you're already... Re- geez, oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, Matthew.
0: I'm fast. Um,
1: this it's one actually involves a local favorite, Capitoline Vermouth. Capitoline Vermouth. Great. And maybe that'll, maybe that'll be a little bit more
2: towards your taste. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, Lakers. these are supposed to hit you, too. I mean, right, you know, we, bartenders always talk about, you know, the craft and the 17 ingredients that go into something. Right. But it's, all about, it's yeah. all about balance, I think, yeah. right? This, is, this strikes me as something that's really balanced. Maybe I just had too much Campari in my Negronis I before. Is, I don't know. But I really am enjoying this, and I can see myself finishing this i'm gonna be I'm <laughs> gonna balance, like half
1: of the beauty of a negroni and th- this kind of happened with old fashions when Mad Men came out negronis negronis are fashionable these days it's it's a beautiful drink everyone's into aperitivos and so it's, it's just a fashionable drink
0: and it's simplistic
1: and simple yeah and so you shouldn't be i kind of d- agree disagree when i say it should be about the craft of the negroni yes a beautifully made negroni is delicious but it's just easy it's you can
2: eyeball it at home, and it'll still be tasty. A child can make this, exactly. in other words, right? I, I will be, One, one, yeah. one, right? And what, what I do like, what I do appreciate about a Negroni is that you can go to some cheap eats place that has a bar, or you can go to, you know, you can be on a boat cruise or, or, or whatever and get pretty much the same thing. Right. They don't vary as much as other cocktails do, I think. You know, I, I love Gimlet. I love a Manhattan. I like... Um, Mescal uh, margaritas Ooh, yeah. and all those things. Boy, you can get so many variations on those things, yeah. right? But I would imagine that this—I mean, this is a drink relatively easy to make that doesn't change that much from yeah. one venue to another. Mm-hmm. I do remember making you a, a mezcal margarita
1: one time I at did? a restaurant. Oh my gosh! Uh, what, what do we have on hand? You wanted a spicy. Am I allowed to talk about this? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we had a harissa on hand, so I threw some harissa. <laughs> and you liked it, apparently. So great. Um, oh, that's funny.
2: That's but, funny. You know, one thing, one thing that I always sort of miss ooh, in this is different. unlike other, um, uh, other journalists, I don't, I, I don't have a chance to really meet the people who create the food. Right. You know, there's sort of this arm's distance that we like to keep. And, you know, I am, um, I see myself as a champion for the reader, but I'm also, um, you know, sympathetic to what goes on behind the scenes too, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a- not like I'm totally divorced from that right. at all. And I have such admiration for so many people who work so hard in the industry. I just wanted to throw that out. You know, and I don't always get a chance to meet them or people just assume that, of course, I know this bartender or that GM or whatever, but I'm very infrequently introduced to these people. Not that I want to be necessarily. I think... The the less you know about people, the better. As right. far as I'm concerned, well, when it
0: comes to, I feel like criticism, right? Because you, yeah, you I want mean, to the, the individuals, and-
2: yeah, of course, and it's really hard when you, you know, if you were to become friends with the people that you cover, right? right? Because no matter how impartial you try and be in a review, they're always gonna find something right. in the seventeenth paragraph, oh you didn't like this, but I thought we were friends, you know. It's right. just easier not to befriend the people you cover. Totally yeah. understanding. I mean that's yeah. a part of dining out that a lot of people
1: miss is becoming the regular of a restaurant and being known and getting to know the restaurant owners and that's something that you as part of your profession you can't do
2: yeah you really can't schmooze there's one professional in town who I'm very good friends with that's Mark Furstenberg from uh, Bread First Bakery but I knew him um, well before I started in this job and you're not going to end a friendship over that I do long before this current haircut yeah exactly good point good point but what I like to do, I mean, with, with with him, you know, if I ever mention him in a review or something like that, I always, like, throw in, like, longtime friend or, or whatever. So right. people know right. where right. you're right. coming from, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: well, we, we do a little game uh, that we use to kind of further get to know people. Uh, this one's called Two Truths, One Lie. Two Truths, One Lie. I'm I'm very excited to see what Thomas Tom Koppel came well did. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do my homework, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now we 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 often get this wrong, so maybe this is the, the goal menu. is to get this one right. Yeah. The okay. goal is always to get this one.
2: right. Yeah, I'm glad that we didn't talk about this ahead of time. So it's two truths, one, one, one lie. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Number one. Julia Child once gave me relationship advice. Oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: These are going to be all so
0: epic. Really? N- n- number two,
2: one of my old restaurant aliases was an inside joke. I, Don Cook. Oh man. And three, <laughs> as a kid, I became an authority on the Hindenburg disaster. Wow. Um, ah.
1: Do mid midwesterners like the Hindenburg?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that one has to be true. That is the one truth I'm it's confident in. Like, okay. yeah. Was Julia's um, piece of advice? What was her piece of advice? Oh, no, we can't. That's, we can't do follow up questions. No, we can't do follow up questions. That's, uh, that's, he's already laid out all the facts. Okay. Uh, uh, I do. I believe the middle one. You believe the middle one? Yeah. What was the middle one again? Don Cook. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, because I feel like if you're, you gotta have fun doing these names. <laughs> you're making disguises, you might as well have a cool name to go with it. No, Julia Chow definitely gave him relationship advice.
1: Julia's a very outspoken woman, yeah.
0: I'm gonna go with Julia Child. Definitely it's true. Okay. You, you can. I'll, I'll let you finish the rest. You think. <sighs> all right, this has gone on too long. The last one is false.
2: You want to say that Hindenburg is false? The oh, Hindenburg is false. Actually, that's true. That, that, that is false. The Hindenburg is false. Oh, yes! yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I botched that. No. I, 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 as a kid, I was an authority on the Titanic. I actually interviewed a first-class ah, okay. survivor when wow. I was a kid. It was wow. my hobby. I knew everything about it. You know, all these facts and everything. Um, Julia Child did give me business advice. On the occasion of her last cookbook, I had breakfast with her at the Waldorf Astoria. And she took a phone call from her husband, who uh, was in a nursing home. She came back. And I overheard some of the conversation. It was very poignant, actually. And I couldn't actually leave the room, so I'm listening to this. (laughs) And she came back, and she goes, are you married, Tom? And I said no. I was like 24 at the time. And she said, be awfully careful who you choose. It's an awful long haul. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted, Julia. Thank yeah, you.
0: Yeah, a, that was a really good impersonation, too. I, I would assume it
2: would have been more butter. Yeah. More, <laughs> butter. more <laughs> butter. More butter. And then I actually Always. did have a credit card that was I, period, Don Cook. Like, I don't cook. If you said it really fast. Like, yeah. I don't cook. I, I, got, I, I, I thought it was funny when I made it up after. No. I don't no, know. In the Necroni or something for. at night, right? But I feel, like,
0: I feel like you have to do these things. Um... That's amazing. Well, uh, well, Julie, thank you, thank uh, you for
1: bringing one of our first wins in a
0: long time. Yeah, we that, felt, that felt really Sorry good. You startled you there? Yeah, I, yeah and was, we're not used to winning. It's it's not it's not part of our DNA. Yeah. Uh, Julie Child is uh, one of my alma mater's from uh, culinary school. She went to my culinary school. Yeah, really? That's the only one mm-hmm. I actually know that went to my culinary school. But that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 talk about kind of how you became a food critic. Like, what was your path? Did you kind of know you wanted to be a food critic when you were a little kid? I we don't want- think
2: anyone ever knows <laughs> at the age of five in Worthington, Minnesota, that, hey, I want to be a food cook. I do know that I grew up in a home with a mom who was a fabulous cook. She was sort of like June Cleaver when yeah. she cooked. And the center of our house was always the kitchen. And even though it was like the 60s, 70s in Minnesota and, and the larder was pretty beige, my mom was a really good cook. I mean, she made her own donuts. She oh, made, Wow pudding from scratch you know and this is an era where fast like quick food at home was you know was easier to casserole the betty crocker why not you know pull that off the shelf right um but my mom was a great home cook and a great entertainer and we loved having people over for dinner a lot you know like when I had buddies sleep over or whatever, she would come down this breakfast train, this long flowing robe like, and had this huge spread on oh it. God. we'd watch cartoons, and I just thought every mom, every mom was like that. you know I learned later that like, oh, sadly, some people have moms who aren't very cook, good cooks or yeah. dads who aren't very good cooks, right. right whatever the case may be. anyway, so I grew up with that, and, and later on, you know, I would spend all my money or my free money on restaurants that I'd read about and everything. I ended up going to school at the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown and thought I was going to end up in the State Department or something like that. And um, I had two internships then, which really changed my life, I think. One was uh, ABC Good, uh, Good Morning America, and the other was as an intern at the Chicago Sun Times. I got to help cover the Reagan assassination attempt, oh, wow. and that, that was a day that I was going to skip. You know, yeah, it was such yeah. a beautiful day. I'll never forget it. Spring day. And I almost missed out on this huge opportunity to, to go to the hospital and get quotes and everything, uh, but but I was sort of um, inspired by that. And then I had a journalism class at Georgetown; it's sort of an English requirement, and um, it just fascinated me. I, these are you know, wow to get paid to um, ask people questions. How cool is that? Yeah. So um, I'm slinging pizzas at pizzeria. UNO in Georgetown, right? Wow. Waiting to take the foreign service exam, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still, still open? No, it's not there anymore, but it's, no. it's gone. But um, a, a journalism uh, professor who's also a, an editor at the Post called and said, Hey, you know, we've got an entry level job here. Would you like to do this? An entry level at the Washington Post back then meant you sorted mail and answered phones and delivered newspapers and just did all this grunt work. Yeah. You will do anything to get out of doing those grunt jobs, right? Which means applying for any job, any right, job right, other right, than right, the right. clerk job, right? And so one week, Bob Woodward oh, was looking for an assistant. How cool is that? No way. As was my predecessor, Phyllis Richmond, then the both the food critic and the, the restaurant critic. Yeah. And um, we had two sections a week back then. It was a big deal. I applied with both of them. I got a very nice... Thanks, but no thanks from Mr. Woodward. Wow, and a yes uh, from Phyllis Richmond. Oh, Phyllis. And, and my job was to test the bulk of the recipes that appeared in two sections a week. Yeah, and so I didn't know anything about you know peeling onions or making anything special. And it was my job as sort of Joe Reader to ask the questions to. Uh, help shape these recipes right, right so it's trans- making no money yeah no money but um you know going home and testing colonial cakes and african peanut stew and amazing. you know alice water's pizza dough and right, right, it was right, pretty right. cool it was pretty cool it was a great great start in the business
0: that's amazing uh we, we
2: were kind of talking about this before the show but strangely
0: we kind of have a, a similar or a shared past a little bit at the uh, the chronicle we did um, I was doing basically you much later than I the exact same thing over at the Chronicle, uh, testing recipes, writing some small reviews, and um, photographing stuff. But we uh, both That's worked terrific. with Michael Bauer. Yes, we did. Uh, the uh, The famed uh, San Francisco food critic.
2: Um, what were your experiences? Them has he shaped? Did he kind of shape some of your? Well, it was. I, I was the food editor of the Milwaukee Journal when I got this call. You know, from Michael Bauer, and if you're food writer in milwaukee yeah and you get a call from the editor of the san francisco chronicle in san francisco yeah uh you i mean there's just no question of course you're you're gonna go out there and i went out there and it was so um it was great because it was pre-internet and pre-social media and not that that's necessarily bad but what was fun was writing about trends in the early 90s um, they always say that trends start on the West Coast and they're nurtured on the East Coast, and I, I really think that's true. Yeah. So I remember specifically one story I was writing about all these savory herbs that pastry chefs were using in their desserts. You know, like lemon thyme and tarragon and right. rosemary and everything. And then, uh, like six months to a year later, you you go to these you know well-known restaurants in um, in New York, and you'd see these things, right? And now everything moves with lightning speed. That's true. Yeah. You know, like trends, you know, if something happens anywhere in the country, really, you, you, you're likely, and it's successful or, or gets eyeballs, um, you're, you're apt to see it on a menu just about anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Within a matter of weeks yeah. or months, right? It's, it's Look at the popular. Cronut, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> for <laughs> exactly. instance.
0: The Cronut and then all of its multiple spinoffs. Right. Um, I, I mean... Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, this is this probably the last generation or the great age of anonymous anonymous criticism. I think you're right. Uh, As I mentioned before, I remember kind of when Michael Bauer was struggling with the emergence of social media uh, and new media like Eater. Um, What does it mean
2: to be an anonymous critic in this day and age? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I hear the arguments like, oh, you have so much better access because you can talk to the chefs and everything. Well, I, I already can talk to the chefs. You know, I, I don't review a restaurant without talking to chefs and, and other people who like the GM or the owner or whatever. So it's not as if, you know, I don't have that. Um, but I do think anonymity is important in that. You know, I have the luxury of going three or four or five times to a restaurant. And while I might not always be in disguise, I never, ever, ever make a reservation in my own name. Yeah. You know? Um, my nephew, who's named after me, does, however, and he seems to get pretty good service. Oh, that's amazing. I hate that. Um, <laughs> can't you use another name? Can't you use another name? Uh, it's my name. That's you know? so good. I totally understand that. You know, I'm going to try that, actually. Do you mind uh, if I use uh, your yeah, name? Yeah, go ahead. You know? Good luck. <laughs> um, um, who well, knows? You might get... That's a, that's a huge... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a nice thing. but hack. But I do think it's important because... You know with anonymity, um, so much can change unlike the uh, a book critic or a movie critic um, you know the people, the authors of those things can't change the experience for you, but with a restaurant critic, wow, you can get a better seat, you can get a better server, yeah. you can get the nicer piece of fish, whatever and they're out they're always out of the the thing that they're trying to get rid of on yeah. the menu, right oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I think anonymity is still important, you know, and I protected my, my image for my, my photographic likeness sure. for so long. I like, oh, why would it like, you know, I have all these non-pictures of me. Like, you know, it, it's really hard to find a picture of me, which I love. Yeah. I'm sort of protective of that. Um, but that's not the only reason I do it. I mean, I, I do think there's value in not letting a restaurant know that you're coming in. Well, let's say you get you do get found out, yeah,
1: and it happens quite often, and you've you've noted when when you you'll make a note. It's like yeah, well, I, I try I was to, found out. I try to, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the Heisenberg principle, where you, you know, you go to a restaurant and you want to review it, but the, your your presence in the restaurant totally changes the entire experience. So what? How do you take that into account? What kind of
2: factors do you Do you, do you take off points? Is it? No, I understand. Um, you, you know, I, I think it's, it, it, I, I pay attention to everyone, how everyone is treated around me. I'll excuse myself from the table and see how other people are treated. Usually when they're focused on my table or the the really smart, clever restaurants will take care of the tables on either side of me, too. Right? So you're in this, like, little bubble. But what I'll do is walk around the dining room, and invariably there'll be people like, where's my check? You know, waving right, for right, attention right, right. or or um, somehow not having the pleasant time that I might be having, right? So I, I take that into account. I also hear from readers all the time. I have friends who eat out constantly. And so it's almost like you have this little army of people who... Um, to support you in a way. Sure. You know?
0: Um, I mean, I, I imagine that's one of the ways you kind of stay in check with everything. Right? Sure, sure. I mean, realistically, uh, how often do you think you, you're you being made at a restaurant? I
2: would say 75% of the time. Yeah. Oof. You'd be surprised, though. You know, I, I will go into a place like, oh, I know that, you know, you can just tell the moment it happens. Someone turns on their heels. I mean, I've actually had people like, I, I've heard my name back in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, be a little discreet about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can hear it in the dining room. Right, before. right, right, right. Well, in twenty fourteen the
1: a document was released that was basically a cheat sheet for restaurants identifying all the major food writers in the area. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah. Well, if I was a restaurant yeah. owner I would I would probably do that too. I would find out who these people are. Yeah. So, you know, good for them. But it's my job to to try and um Keep them on their toes too, right? You know, yeah. And what's what's harder now, I think, is uh, you know, I I change. I have probably twenty five open table accounts or Resi accounts, and different phone numbers that I use, and friends of friends whose names and identities I borrow. And it's just kind of a constant juggling back there too. Because, whoa. Well, Nicholas yeah. Taylor. They're both dead. They are dead to me. <laughs> they are dead to me in restaurants. Yeah. I'm going to use it, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nicholas Taylor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nicholas Seitzba Taylor. Uh, well, we're going to step out for yes. a moment. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. But in the meantime, enjoy these sweet tunes. I'm Matthew Ramsey. I'm Eddie Kim. And, and we're with Tom Seitzba. <laughs>
1: we are live. Yes, Um, welcome back. We are uh, shift drink recording live from the Line Hotel. Very live, fullserviceradio.org. Yes, I'm with Matthew. We're drinking Negronis. The shift drink, not of choice of Tom's. Yeah, it's
2: the reverse shift drink of choice. I am doing. I'm digging this though. You make a very good, good Negroni. All right. Restaurants
1: out there, you better get your fucking game on because <laughs> <laughs> if he does order a Negroni, he has Negroni expectations. Negroni is the new Manhattan. Just like um, Eddie's. R- oh, th- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> okay, so Matthew had a very quick question. This is, a
0: bur- this is a burning question I've had.
1: I think it's because Matthew no longer sports this
0: facial hair because uh, he had a very nice one Thank you, man. back in the day. Have you ever had any anonymity snafus i'm talking about like you're going in for the burger and your mustache kind (laughs) of sticks to the burger
2: uh, yeah you guys are probably too young to remember this but there was a restaurant within a restaurant called laboratorio del galileo inside galileo Mm -hmm. roberto donna's you know little showpiece it was something like 20 seats and i knew that he knew me and um it would be very hard so i had this quite elaborate disguise with a big beard and a big mustache and, and, um, and a suit that I would never wear anywhere out. Well, I ended up getting seated about five feet away from this open kitchen. Who was there? <laughs> and I didn't want to talk too much, so I, I let my buddy do all the talking, so he couldn't you know, hear my voice or anything like that, and the second course of this 13-course tasting menu was an, uh, uh, an Italian wedding soup, with little meatballs yeah, and everything. Yeah. Steamy, steamy, steamy. Well, <laughs> you can it. imagine what happened. My, you know. My buddy looks over to me and he whispers, he goes, dude, you have to go to the bathroom. Your face <laughs> is falling off. And I had this spirit gum to keep the, fa- the, the hair on my face. And my mustache was turning into this Simon Legree, oh, like little curl on the end. And it was sort of slipping down. So I had to make an emergency run to the men's room and sort of take care of that. Um, yeah, I mean you have things like that happen. I mean that's you know, like, that's a whole
0: that's a whole other side of your profession that people don't really know about. Like he spend probably a lot of time working on
2: disguises and kind of this, or worse, you leave your credit card behind and it's not you, and they come out of the, the the restaurant, sir, sir, and they're calling you by your right, right, name. right. Your, your I'm so name. used to answering <laughs> <I'm laughs> to like 13 different names right that's now. So you know,
0: yeah, that's. I mean, you're you're basically a food spy. Um, all right, but well, that was that was my question, Eddie. You went to get a little, get bit, a little more bit deeper. Of a serious, I'm going to go with a serious <laughs> oh,
1: serious. not a good, not a gotcha <laughs> question. Uh, one of the food, one of the pieces of news that came out in the last two weeks was the James Beard Awards. Um, they're including, they're trying to in, uh, include more uh, underrepresented groups. But sure. one of the things was that they they started this last year and they're going to do it this year. May take into account the behavior and the morals of of chefs. Uh, it's, I mean, how strongly do you do you take into account for your reviews the behavior of chefs and how they treat their employees, what they do, and also maybe inside or outside chefs business owners, I guess of right? the kitchen.
2: Sure, you know this whole Me Too thing started um, unfolding in the food industry um, after I had already reviewed Rakeen, uh at the waterfront. Um, just to use uh, as a yeah. local example, Mike Isabella's restaurant, right. And um, and shortly thereafter, the chef left and the GM left. And um, I guess going forward, I think it's important. You know, my job isn't so much to judge the character of a chef or someone who owns a restaurant. Um, and I'm going to continue to keep tabs on that empire. Right now, they're... We just have a crush of new restaurants in town. Yeah. So why would I go back to one of these restaurants at this point right now, you know, when there are all these new places that are are worthy of readers' attention and the the real estate that you get in the Washington Post, right? Um, But it's not as if we're going to ignore these either. I do think going forward, if I were to review a restaurant uh, where a chef... Had um, you know h- had some issues or problems, I would have to address that. There'd have to be the obligatory paragraph, sure. you know, and you, the reader, decide what you're going to do with this. But I do have to put this in context, you know. I think it's it's not necessarily a good thing to get all preachy in reviews. You know, you decide if you will ever order the veal chop in a restaurant. You decide if you're going to have you know whatever the foie gras or or, or whatever. It's slightly different, obviously, with people who are, um, who are um, you know, involved in a Me Too sort of way, I, I, I right. think. I think it's uh, important to throw that out if, if someone has, in fact, been accused of that. But it's a very slippery slope. Like, like at what point do you? Well, um, how deep do you go into this investigation? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of men right now are, are sort of evaluating their their whole life histories, like going back, like when was it appropriate, when was it inappropriate? Sure. You know, um, I, I do hear that among you know a lot of male chefs in particular. Like, yeah, Whoa, absolutely. you know, because kitchens are a totally different sort of stage. You know, you're, you're around dangerous elements like. Knives and fire and heat—it's you know—and just we got all those creative juices going. Yeah. You know, it's a creative environment, right? And and people aren't always necessarily following protocol or I guess best etiquette. Do you, do you see yourself as being a yourself as being a
1: standard bearer necessarily for for pushing certain? I don't want to say agenda, but what you think like how a proper kitchen should be run? Um, I mean. There was an open letter written to you also online, uh, uh, on Medium. And you, you you did a very good job. I mean, you succinctly said it's like it's not necessarily your beat because you have really great writers around you, like Mara, Mara Judkis, who actually, who broke a lot of these stories. Right, and Tim so, Carman. And Tim Carman. And do you Carman. see, yeah, Carman, yeah, Carman. Do really you see it as it. their responsibility or maybe
2: your responsibility? No, uh, first of all, it's like... I wish I could have addressed it. I, I saw that first as I was getting ready to board a flight at six thirty, and I just wanted to put something out there. Mm-hmm. I should have followed up again, but 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 I guess the situation is there. Um, you, you know, we we do cover those as a paper. We do cover those things already. You know, I don't think it's necessarily my obligation to. I mean, where would that? How would I incorporate that into a restaurant review? Um, you know, how how workers are treated or, sure. or whatever, right? It's, it's important as a critic to get things right to be fair to be impartial but you also have to be a good read I think mm-hmm. you know you have to be entertaining because no matter how much you know if, if it's you know a recitation of what you're eating is a pretty boring thing right and 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 then I had the scallops. And then I had the scallops. <laughs> My was, companion yeah, pronounced yeah. them excellent or whatever, yeah, you know. It was
1: toothsome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that we, yeah. That is not a word we I use. That is not a word I use. We were going through a yeah. heads.
2: <laughs> but, but no, but but I, I don't want to evade that, that question, though. You know, I think it's, I would take it on a case-by-case basis. And I think, um, you know, I'm not avoiding anything, it's just sort of not necessarily my role in the context of most reviews, I'm not saying all reviews, but most reviews To uh, weave in how much workers are making or or whatever. I certainly address those issues on a weekly chat that I do for an hour. And anyone can throw any kind of question at me. And I take all sorts of questions in that hour. So it's not as if I've not been a champion of women or workers or anything else. And I actually did a a couple years ago, you know. I, I think it's it's important to get in the underbelly of this and understand the business a little bit too I, I went to Houston I worked a shift as a dishwasher last year and um, because I think they are truly the unsung heroes of the kitchen yeah right now you know um, the chefs the sommeliers everyone else has been written about you know in, in the structure of a kitchen but what about the dishwasher and I spent a shift working in Houston I, I certainly wasn't going to do that here in the Washington right. area right because like <laughs> hello get a picture of seats in <laughs> my washing dishes you know yeah. And it's such hard work, and it was so interesting to see this as sort of an entry point into the restaurant, sure. you know, and that's a way that is a way that I can address the issues. I think is to do something like that. Or when I reviewed all the the major chain restaurants in in in, in the country, right? That I had so much fun doing that because. Yeah, a lot of my life is in restaurants that people want to go to, you know, they like like the, the hot spots, but not always. And it was a real education for me. You know, I had been to these places certainly sure. before. It's not like I, I don't go to them. But I love the fact that I love Cracker Barrel so much. Yeah, you know. You know? I actually, I, I, uh, I actually love Cracker Barrel as well. Oh, I really, if you're on the road and, and, and you you're oh, looking yeah. for chains, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm gonna, I've eaten there okay. four times in the last year. <laughs> How about you, Eddie? How many times have you eaten? Eddie? I've eaten there once in my life.
1: Okay, and I wrote my college essay about it. Wow! Oh wow. Barrel. Wow! This is okay. me as a very young 17 year old having a kind of a weird experience at Cracker Barrel I was on a road trip with my older sister she was moving down to San Antonio Texas right and just being the only two people of color in an entire restaurants and it was just like it was a very eye-opening experience it's very different from from a, the food was fine it was fine but
2: that's my Cracker Barrel you experience experience it's, it's, the welcome in other words I right?
1: did like the general store that's yeah. attached where you can yeah. buy all the little right. knickknacks a lot, right. a, lot, a lot of fun crafts <laughs> and knickknacks
0: right Um, let's talk about your philosophy on on criticism Um, you have a very unique position in the industry you experience probably more of it than anybody else Um, your critiques have kind of been become woven into the the very fabric of DC's dining scene uh, and and undoubtedly shifted it towards probably your own preferences Um, that's a lot of power what are your standards for kind of keeping yourself
2: in check Um, have you ever crossed the line Wow, that's a good question. I try not to cross the line. You know, I, I try to avoid, uh, you know, being friends with the people I cover. Um, I do self-checks. I have, I have friends who keep me uh, grounded. You know, I don't... Um, I think the power rests with the institution. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and not with me necessarily, but I, I have a—I feel like I have a real responsibility to be fair and objective, and do my best to capture this restaurant. Yeah, and also to review the restaurant based on it, what it sets out to be. Sure, not necessarily what I want it to be, you know. Yeah, and I also like to eat the full range of restaurants. You know, I think. Um, this, the last few years have been uh, really busy with buzzy new restaurants and everything. But I have almost as much fun, I mean, just as much fun eating, like, way down. You know, if there's good food in a bowling alley, I want to be there right, to cover right, that, right. you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you, I mean, you kind of, you, you, when you talk about your,
0: like... I feel like you're upholding like the reader. You're like looking out for the reader uh, as far as dining
2: wise. This is the smartest audience I have ever written for. Yeah, the Washington area has a lot of people with double degrees. They make a lot of money. Um, you know, if I get something wrong in a review of a West African restaurant, I'm going to hear from 15 people: former diplomats, foreign service people, Peace Corps volunteers, people are from West Africa. Right. You know, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I think readers really keep me on my toes, you know, and, um, you know, I never, you know, I think it would be easy to, I never think about, um, even though I have an expense account to cover all these things, I always ask myself afterwards, would I pay for this on my own? Would I be happy paying this amount on my own? Right. And I think that's where you can get really separated sometimes.
1: I. This is a personal gripe, and to play off of that, what you just said, was we do have a very highly educated uh, uh, population here what about the other kind, kind of the other half of the spectrum mm-hmm. those who don't have that much money to eat out every sure. day but they still deserve to have options uh, absolutely and like where does that fall on your spectrum? Where, how, well, you know, how do you address those people?
2: When I first started in 2000, um, I, I thought it was very important to cover a restaurant, two restaurants in DC because that's where the bulk of the restaurants were, or, or significant restaurants, and then one each in Virginia and Maryland, and I did that for gosh. Years and years and years, like 15 years or so, with the advent of um, Tim Carman, my colleague, has started a column called, um, or started years ago now, um, uh, The $20 Diner. And that addresses a lot. That that really takes a lot of heat off of me. But I still eat in those places. I will yeah. go to places that Tim recommends, or I, I will go out my own. And, and I hope my, my dining guide that came out yesterday um, has... Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, I, I hope that the guide has... You know sufficient bargains in there too for people and I, I totally get that and even if you make a lot of money like no one wants to shell out tons of money all the time you know um and cheap food can be just as good if not better than really expensive food as as we know um it's been long rumored that i mean at least for two
0: years that you are retiring uh Adam bomb. I mean, no, 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 no. This is like one of those self. i This is like one of those self like perpetrating like I think urban legends. But eventually, He's wishful thinking. On yeah. Part of some restaurateurs. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I mean, eventually you will probably step out of these shadows and 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 kind of become non-anominus what, what is what does that look like
2: for you I mean retiring from uh anonymity yeah or, okay anonymity, oh I thought you mean, okay I thought that's no, what you, meant. No, no, no. you know it, it seems like a week doesn't go by that one of my colleagues around the co- well, one of my peers around the country doesn't I'm coming out you know right and um <laughs> insert by music, the way it's a, insert music <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, well, national coming out alexia okay, sound right, effects so. right anything um, <laughs> but but I'm going to do this as long as I can if I you know I figure if I accidentally if a, if a picture gets released or something you know it's something that that I'm open to at some point but for for the immediate for the foreseeable future I want to continue to go as anonymously as possible. I will never make a reservation in my own name until the day I retire. How I would you that. do
0: that when you have a, a nephew that could do that for you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he knows. <laughs> better any than any one of two, us. But, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, you just man. have to keep one step ahead of the game, you know? I think Tom's seats. Of my reservations just went up like around the
2: city. We're gonna be seeing a lot. The seats have a bump. I've actually gotten it from from restaurateurs. They've said, um, "Are you coming in for dinner tonight with a party of four? <laughs> and I'm like, "What a <laughs> bad move!" Yeah, yeah,
1: what a what a bad
2: move, yeah, yeah. right? Because are there
1: any, like stories you have like that? People just using you? Oh,
2: people that that, that, that happens a yeah. couple times. The thing that amuses me right now is I will hear. I, I hear from all. One one thing I love about my job, I hear from people in grade school, and I hear from from people in their 90s you yeah. know, and everyone in between which is great I love that I want to be seen sort of as, as your your best friend who goes out to eat a little bit more than you do you know and here's what I found and hopefully you share my taste or my favorites or whatever but that wasn't the question <laughs> <laughs> sorry I think it's the Negroni
0: speaking yeah, yeah. The, the Negronis have a way of doing that um, um, I also
1: well I have. I also have another bottle of your the the one drink that I learned how to make for you was the, the maker's Mark Manhattan. Oh my.
2: You've graduated from that though. I've graduated from that. I still like them a a great deal. Yeah. But, um, are are you going to make a, well, you're still working on your, I I am, I am working on this Negroni and this Negroni is, is pretty potent and I'm, (laughs) I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, well, I
0: think it's kind of probably at that point in the conversation where we, uh, Move towards a little thing we call rapid, rapid fire. fire. Sure. Time for the payback. Rapid fire. All right, Tom. This is uh, basically tip of the tongue. First thing comes your mouth. We're gonna we're gonna just kind of hot shoot some questions at you. Okay.
1: Okay. <clears throat> oh, God. And I asked a couple of people in general. It's like, oh, I'm gonna interview someone who, who you know. Who talks who writes about food? What should I ask them? So this is not necessarily my question. <laughs> this is
0: Instagram at large. In, oh God, Instagram.
1: <laughs> if you could be any root vegetable, <laughs> what would you be? And how would you cook yourself?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Um, a beet? A beet, a beet? A beet. I like beets. <laughs> that's <has> a root. <laughs> and I would, um, beets I, w- by Tom. I would steam myself first <laughs> because <laughs> because that's what one should do, or boil oneself first, and then maybe get a little char. I don't know. Caramel charred charred yeah, beets. Charred beets. Uh, favorite rainy day. Leave your pajamas on. Uh, to
0: go delivery food in DC.
2: Mm, delivery food, delivery food. I don't deliver a lot, but my partner brings home a lot of Timber Pizza, which I'll eat oh, after. Yeah. After I've reviewed a restaurant, and it's pretty awesome it's when that so Timber good. box is in the yeah. refrigerator, and there are like three slices left of pepperoni.
1: I love it. I hate saying this, but I I stood in the um, the line for Call Your Mother this weekend, which is Timber Pizza's new congratulations, bagel space. Congratulations. Um, the line was very long. I hate you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very good.
0: Tom, how seriously do you take your Uber Eats delivery reviews? Uh, my, <laughs> <Uber> <laughs> delivery reviews? Like, like, I don't use Uber Eats,
2: or haven't yet. Yeah, I mean yeah. me neither. Yeah. Uh, favorite Brad Pitt movie? Brad Pitt movie. Oh my God. Okay. Oh man, that is that is, I I I can't think of one right now. But yeah, the the one where he's. Wasn't he the, the guy who is, grew old or Yeah, grew young? Yeah, yeah. yeah, what was that movie? Benjamin uh, Button? Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let it be known. Oh, my. Okay. Wait, do I have a question? Um, we are drinking here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Classic shit. I'm, I'm
2: scouring.
1: Drink. oh, Charlie ask that question? Yeah. I don't know what it is.
2: Yeah. Uh, who would you
1: pick as DC's Nightmare?
2: DC's Nightmare? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, this could get me in trouble. Yeah. Because we are representing the Washington Post when we're on the air. So I'm just going to skip okay, that Okay, you can skip one. it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay.
2: Uh, go-to karaoke
0: song. Oh, my gosh.
2: Um, go-to karaoke song. It's been so long since I've done karaoke. It's, it's the... T- <laughs> this is going to make me... It's a country western song, and the tall, lanky guy about grandmothers in rocking chairs. Lo- I love it. I think it's Wait, I think it's I love you forever. I love oh, you forever by Lyle li- Lovett. We've,
1: we've gone off the rails now.
2: Best restaurant acoustics. Oh, yes. Oh, best restaurant acoustics? Um, Svelina, most recently, was really good. I just felt like I was tucked in a little cocoon there. The, the original. Oh,
1: God. If you would be... Oh, God. Is off okay. Instagram. Yeah, this is another Instagram question. Um, I had to look this up. It's really weird. Um, if you had to eat a chef, what? who would it be, and how would you prepare <laughs> <laughs> him? No. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. I'm we'll, sorry. We'll Next, <laughs> uh, favorite restaurant bathroom.
2: Oh, um, recently I was at Roses Luxury, and they have a little chalkboard in there that says, "Oh yeah, F perfect."
0: <laughs> well, I thought
2: it was kind of clever and lovely at the same time. Um, I was recently hanging
1: out with someone from Minnesota, so um, lots of lo- lots of stories from living out in Minnesota. So, sure. um, as a kid growing up, wait, did you have did you drink as a teenager in Minnesota? You know what? what I was, was sort of
2: a goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink beer. My, my my parents had a full bar and everything. Um, and it wasn't until I was an exchange student, went over to Germany, um, that I started drinking. Well, did you make your parents' drinks? I did not make—we no. served okay. our parents' drinks, <laughs> but we did not make our parents' drinks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to—my my usual question, what is your deathbed meal? Ooh, good question.
2: Oh, wow, that is such a good question. I'm, I'm just thinking comfort food. Um, it might be— um, uh, Bottle all to myself of Gigandas and maybe some fried Ooh. chicken. Ooh, wow. yeah. No, I don't know. Dessert? Like dessert. Uh, lemon meringue pie or coconut cream pie. Nice. I love both. Okay, every single restaurant's
1: going to have that on their menu now. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please.
1: I don't see enough of them. I'm going to see your you fried know? chicken and raisins. That you is true, actually. Caviar. Yeah. I saw
0: that Pineapple Pearls is doing a, uh, a caviar fried chicken supplement right now, and I want it. Okay, oh, that sounds delicious. Um, what, uh, what is something mischievous that you've done uh, recently?
2: Oh, recently, um, I do blind items of things that happen to me in restaurants that I think are kind of funny and I'm sure publicists don't like me for that, but I kind of like, I like, I'll send out a blind item and I'll run it past a friend to see if it's appropriate or whatever. And, um, invariably I'll hear from five restaurants who thinks it's them committing that, sin or whatever and it kind of amuses me like oh <laughs> like,
0: <laughs>
2: wrong yeah. restaurant but that's kind of cute right, right. Yeah, it's I cute mean I do yeah. that I mean you have to be, look I have to again you know you're representing the Washington Post and you have to be you know you have to be careful what you tweet because of all that stuff is in your body of work and, and, and everything but I think it's kind of fun in this you, you know especially online you want to you want to be a little bit more conversational you want to have fun you want to reveal a different side of yourself sure. you know, or, or, or show your true self maybe yeah, you know. Um, all right. Well, well let's. Well, let's yeah, yeah, let's move on
1: to our last rapid fire question, but it's a special rapid fire question. So we call it Mary, Mary Fuck Kill.
0: Fuck, fuck Mary Kill.
1: So I'm kind of glad that you have a so- soft spot for desserts, uh, very homey desserts, but also. Um, but we see a lot of desserts. I see a lot of desserts at restaurants that I. See way too often. Let see over,
0: over and over and over again. Okay. This is a uh, Mary fuck kill overused dessert options.
1: Okay, okay. So we're gonna name off three, and then you assign a Mary. You, f- you marry one, you fuck one, and you kill one. Oh, okay. Uh, I and, would. Oh, wait. wait no, we're gonna we're gonna give you options though. Okay. Oh, fine. you're gonna I, give me actually. Options? I kind of want. Okay. I'm, I'm, so, ah, I'm sorry. to yeah. Cut you off. No, I want no, it here. No, <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, no. No, don't do that. Don't. No, I, do that. I, I'm thinking right. rapidly on the right. Negroni. Um, um, um. Molten chocolate cake panna cotta or creme brulee oh for which one so you have to, you have oh, to okay marry one
0: um, yeah. uh <laughs> copulate with one and kill the other
2: okay it would be marry panna cotta, okay um screw the molten chocolate cake nice i'm not a big chocolate fan and whatever i would marry the other one no, 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 you said no, m- no, marry Panna Cotta. I would make love to the other one, the Creme, uh, creme Brulee. Brule. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you're going to kill Okay, you're gonna
1: kill the molten chocolate cake. Molten oh, chocolate kill cakes. the molten chocolate cake. So dead. You're going to fuck the Creme
2: Brulee. <laughs> this is in summary. No, can I, I reverse that? I would probably do that with the <laughs> Panna Cotta, and then I would marry the, the Creme Tom, Brulee. Tom, why don't you just tell us what you,
1: what, what would you have in mind?
2: Well, what, what a, anything I mean, lemon yeah. really appeals to me. Anything S- with almond really appeals to ah, me. Ah, nice. Um... Uh, I, I love uh, seasonal fruit. So like a fruit tart that's really good. I mean, pear crisp, apple crisp, any of those things really call to me. Probably the simpler the better though. Yeah. And here's the thing, I'm a butterscotch caramel guy over chocolate. I know professionally I'm supposed to like chocolate and like my readers love it, love it, love it. <laughs> and so I always try the chocolate thing but it's the thing that Professionally least <laughs> interests me But reviewing is all about Transcending personal taste For instance I hate black licorice I'm not a big fan of fennel And Or Perno in your case right But I know uh, I know how to evaluate those things I mm. think Okay Transcend personal taste This has been very enlightening
1: Actually yeah I'm never going to make you an absinthe <laughs> okay. But I like absinthe I like Sazerac I like
2: Sazeracs yeah <laughs> In New Orleans yeah Well anyway. Tom
1: Yeah well thank you very much yeah this has been a blast show. This has really been this fun. Right. so
2: much fun um,
0: listeners you can revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts uh, also Spotify that's where we're at uh, and find us on all social media as at Shift Drink DC uh,
1: special thank you to Jeffrey Lamoureux for our intro music and DJ Reg Tech Tom loves your uh, loves your intro music uh, yeah for the uh, hilarious sound effects Uh
0: don't forget to throw us a review on yeah. iTunes or uh, give us one star on Yelp. We really love that. Yeah, story.
1: Bill Murray's not joining us next week. He has some kind of, like, bunion on his foot. So Previous engagement, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Tom, thank you. You can, you can get the, uh, the Washington Post uh, uh, fall dining guide is out on newsstands, I think it came out on Sunday, it
2: came out on Sunday, but okay, uh, online. It online it's all interactive online. We have a hall of fame. You can choose restaurants yes. by you know, bargains and vegetarian pay, pay, friendly,
1: pay the $1 for the first month. Just pay it, support your local newspaper. Such <laughs> a deal. Absolutely. Such a deal. Uh, yeah. And we hope to see many more um, dining guides from you. Thank you. So, Thank you so much. Tom.
0: Full Service Radio features over thirty weekly shows and over fifty local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.